This is a special world report with a friend of Medjugorje. And you are listening to Radio Wave Special World Report with a friend of Medjugorje. You'll be joining us in just a moment here, but first of all, this is the first part of a two-part series. If you heard last week's broadcast, a friend of Medjugorje has clarified and updated many parts of that broadcast, which you will be hearing tonight. It's important to understand that when you have a broadcast with this kind of subject content, there's a lot of information that becomes available afterward. A lot of the mainstream talk shows will never go back and clarify any of these points. They move on to the next thing that's popular at the time. But as you heard a friend of Medjugorje say many times, he's not here to identify problems. He's here to give solutions. And that's why Our Lady is appearing. So a friend of Medjugorje has gone back into this broadcast and clarified many points, which you will hear tonight. If you heard last week's broadcast, this broadcast is significantly different. It's important that you listen to this several times. Tomorrow, a friend of Medjugorje will have part two of this broadcast, which will have a lot more eye-opening insight to what you're hearing in the broadcast tonight. So here is a friend of Medjugorje. Bill Gates of Microsoft did a TED Talk in 2010. This is what he said about his foundation. My full-time work at the foundation is mostly about vaccines and seeds about the things we need to invent and deliver to help. His talk started about climate change, energy, and all these things. And he related in his talk that the population is too big. He said, we've got a population problem, and we're headed from 6.8 billion to 9 billion. And then he drops a bomb, saying, quote, now... We do a really great job on new vaccines and health care and reproduction health services. We could lower that, speaking about the population, by perhaps 10% to 15%. Listen to him in 2010 in his own words. I'm going to talk today about energy and climate. And that might seem a bit surprising because my full-time work at the foundation is mostly about vaccines and seeds. Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Why would a computer guru be so interested in a vaccine and seeds in 2010? Think about that. See, that's his idea. We got to depopulate. We got to slow things down. We know that through vaccines, there was over a million girls from 12 to 49 who were sterilized by vaccination. On March 2nd, 2020, our lady said this It is a time of vigil. She added to this message Bring the light of my son and keep breaking the darkness which all the more wants to seize you. Do not be afraid. Now we know why she said vigil, because we were on the vigil of the breakout of corona. At that moment, there was only 20 cases. And from what I recall, that wasn't even in the United States. It was on a ship. 
And at the same time, what happened, they wanted to take three infected people who had corona to a military base one hour from Birmingham, Alabama. Why would you do that? It was obvious when that came out, they wanted to spread it. They wanted infected people. Nobody in the state of Alabama had corona and nowhere, hardly anywhere in the United States. But see, military people are traveling. They go all over the place. Let's infect them. The book of Isaiah says, Come and reason with me, says the Lord. All this is no-brainer. What you're about to hear is something we don't usually do. We're going to broadcast a documentary that's going to shock you. It just came out this past Monday. Many people are listening to it. We want you to listen to it on Mesh.com because we have an answer to it. And the documentary, they don't have an answer for it. The purpose for us to broadcast this is that you point people back to this site to listen to it instead of going straight to the documentary. By doing that, you spread this, and you call everybody, you tell everybody to go on Mesh.com to listen to this. We have the answer, and that's the woman of Revelation. This is our lady. How do we know? We know this from what our lady said March 2nd, 2020. Quote, I want you to break the darkness. And that's what this is about. This is more than an atomic bomb. I'm not exaggerating that what you're going to hear is shocking. I want you, as you listen to this, start thinking about who you want to send this to. Spread it to your parishes. It's important, after you listen to this, to direct everybody you know to Mesh.com. This is not a one-time listen. It is complicated. You'll need to listen two times, maybe three times, to really fully understand what's happening. Be ready. A friend of Megagoria states the following. How do you get a snake bite? By getting too close to the snake. The world has gotten close to the snake. Like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the world has forgotten God. The world, even Christians, have forgotten God's commandments. The world, even Christians, have been listening to the serpent. Christians have gotten farther away from God and God's commandments. 
deaf to God, the world believed the voice of the serpent. It did not want to hear the truth of God. Wandering in darkness, the world has stretched out its hands to the serpent. Individuals, families, and nations have embraced the serpent, carrying it with them in their daily lives. Now, the world and Christians have discovered it has been bitten by the serpent, who they thought was their friend. But how did we get bitten? Its bites were painless and playful at first. The world and Christians grew numb to the bites of the serpent. No, it was not the physical bite first. The venomous poison was first injected into the heart, which opened itself to the serpent. How? Through the woman who, like Eve, has listened to the voice of the serpent and desired things out of God's order. Power, authority, fashions, career, Rebellion, self, vanity. Through men who have followed women. Through parents who have embraced and taught the things of Satan in their families. Divorce, materialism, debt, and God is no longer in the first place. Through the youth, whose hearts are filled with the poison of materialism, selfishness, TV, sports, fun, cell phones, social media. Our Lady said on February 25th, 2022, We pray together that Satan may not prevail. His power of death, hatred, and fear has visited the earth. If you do not return to God and His commandments, you do not have a future. Truth, exposure, and accountability. Oh, those words just carry so much weight. It's so important. Uncensored. Unafraid and unstoppable, the 11th day of April, 2022. Welcome to the Stu Peter Show. Today, we're going to air a documentary that highlights how the entire COVID control regime is built on lies, lies that have been exploded over and over again. It started with the big lie that COVID wasn't going to happen and that it was just fear-mongering to even bring it up. Then it was the lie that masks would work and everyone had to wear them. There was the lie that children were at grave risk from this novel virus when they're basically immune. 
And for their safety, there was the lie that we needed to close schools, but still yet allow our teachers to have unlimited access to our children via Zoom. There was the lie that for your own health, you needed to stay away from your friends and your family and your loved ones to shut down your business. The lie to keep people away from treatments that the elites didn't approve of. The lie where they called ivermectin, a Nobel Prize winning wonder drug, horse medicine, and then propagandized pharmacists into no longer prescribing it. And most of all, the lies about vaccines, that they were safe, that they were effective, that they were well-tested, that children and young people needed to get them, that they would stop the spread of COVID-19, that you needed a booster every few months to keep them effective, that this was a vaccine at all. Our Lady of Medjugorje said February 2nd, 2018, Do not believe lying voices which speak to you about false things, false light. The lies are everywhere. We've talked with doctors, microscopy experts, whistleblowing nurses, tech entrepreneurs, and a whole lot more. One of the guests that we've spoken with is Dr. Brian Artis. Dr. Artis came onto our radar because of the pattern that we saw repeatedly playing out over and over again. Someone checks into the hospital, walks in under their own horsepower with a COVID diagnosis. Their condition rapidly deteriorates. They get put on a ventilator and then they die. And we wanted to know, why does this keep happening? Was it really just how COVID-19 worked or was something wrong with our treatment protocol? And if the protocol was wrong, why couldn't we fix it? Was it accidentally wrong or intentionally wrong? And Dr. Artis was repeatedly asking himself the same thing. In early February of 2020, Dr. Artis's father-in-law was killed, murdered in nine days by a horrific drug protocol for the diagnosis of the flu. Within a couple of weeks after the first COVID cases hit Texas and the three months of grieving and frustration that followed the death of his father-in-law, Weldon, Dr. Artis discovered the alarming research studies on the failed and toxic drug called Remdesivir, the drug that Anthony Fauci professed to have been proven safe and effective against the Ebola virus and against COVID-19, only to discover through his research that remdesivir was even more toxic, more dangerous than the toxic antibiotic vancomycin used to destroy the kidneys of his father-in-law. We had him on the show to talk about the drug remdesivir, about how this drug that completely failed at treating Ebola that causes kidney failure, renal failure, that costs a boatload of money and that has a direct link to Tony Fauci, how that drug became the drug of choice in the COVID hospital protocol. It was a great discussion, but Dr. Artis wasn't done. He continued to look for the full truth about COVID and just a few weeks ago, he called me. All I will say now is that my mind was blown, legitimately. I wasn't even sure how to respond except for one thing. I knew the entire world needed to hear what Dr. Artis was saying. We held that interview, and for the past few weeks, we've been going through more than 4,000 pages of documents, some provided by Dr. Artis, some that we've gathered on our own, all of which support his theory. And all I can say here is the more that we ask questions, the harder that we tried to fact-check all of this away, the more our doubts started to feel unreasonable. One of our editors was so distressed by the information in this documentary that they became ill. Another woke up in the middle of the night feeling like some external force was suffocating him, like some kind of a demonic attack. And maybe that sounds too wild to believe, but I want to say something. The way Dr. Artis had described how he started his investigation, all of the circumstances and coincidences that guided him down this path, I believe, I am convinced, and Brian believes, that God has helped guide him through the research process. Maybe that sounds sappy, but it shouldn't. Because the battle that we're fighting is a spiritual battle. More so than physical, this isn't a fight over policy. There is a war being waged in heaven, a war 
of good versus evil. And that means God versus Satan being played out right here on earth for all of us to witness. Dr. Artis, thank you for coming and thank you so much for your bravery. I just want to say on behalf of the entire world, thank you everyone who's put any faith and trust in me to be able to convey truth. There is no part of me who started any of this research to create fear and panic. In fact, this is going to, I pray, bring light to all of those practitioners around the world who have already been right. Everything you're about to learn in this documentary and all the research that I've actually conducted, Dr. Ryan Cole will be able to finally conclude why it is the findings under the slides, under a microscope, have become so monumentally evil. The amount of carnage and disease and death is unparalleled in history. This is the only reason why I'm bringing this to light. I pray that your heart, souls, and minds will be open to truth and know where to go from here to protect your loved ones, your children, your grandparents, your parents, all those you love. I love you. And may God bless everyone on the earth. What you just listened to was from Dr. Artis. Now you're going to listen to him in his documentary that was taped previously. I do really appreciate the opportunity to do this. Yeah, this is actually going to be the only time I've ever been nervous in any interview. I'm not kidding. Like, I've never been nervous to discuss anything in relationship to the COVID pandemic whatsoever. But this has bothered me and has scared me. I have to get this off my chest. My spirit's like screaming to say something and bring it to the forefront to protect as many innocent lives as possible. That's all I've been trying to do since May of 2020 when I read Anthony Fauci's memo on remdesivir, when I actually just hyperlinked, clicked the links to the studies that he was quoting saying that remdesivir was safe and effective, I knew right away that he was lying. I knew right away that this drug was gonna be used to mass murder a whole bunch of innocent people in America that did not need to die. Then he was gonna sell the world on the idea in the media that they were dying of a virus, when in fact I knew they were being poisoned to death with this drug. I knew 30% of all people were gonna experience multiple organ failure, kidney failure, septic shock, and hypotension. That's what the studies said. Now we're a year and a half after that, and it's exactly the numbers that I said based on those studies. I'm pretty much called the remdesivir guy everywhere I go, which is odd for a retired chiropractor to be referenced as a pharmaceutical guy. (laughs) But it is true, remdesivir is a very toxic, deadly drug. There are a lot of medical doctors and professionals who will mention it that as it's just proven to be ineffective. It is not ineffective. It is very toxic and deadly. It is known and proven to actually injure specific organs in your body. It targets specific organs. This is a part of why I think my spirit is so moved to make sure this gets out is that uh in january January 21st of this year, so just two months ago, uh, the FDA decided to authorize remdesivir as the only drug to be authorized to be used in all newborns in this country. I can't, I cannot even fathom the men 
or women in charge that would actually do that. So it's now been moved since January 21st of 2022. It's been moved out of hospitals as the only drug to be used, only allowed in hospitals this entire pandemic. Now they're moving it into in and out of hospital care for children as young as newborns seven pounds heavy through the 18-year pediatric age range. It's the only authorized drug. There is nothing else that they're allowing for COVID-19 treatment. And I find that incredibly evil. And then they've also now canceled uh, monoclonal antibody uses throughout the United States and all U.S. territories for COVID-19 early treatment. And they're moving remdesivir to the infusion centers where they were using monoclonal antibodies as the only IV infusion drug allowed. I have been moved with one singular purpose since May of 2020. When I read Anthony Fauci's memo about remdesivir, I felt this spark inside of me that I now had to go voice to the world a warning to try to protect as many innocent lives as possible from being killed. So let's talk about what happened. It all started with a text. There's a medical doctor that I admire and love because he has nonstop from the beginning of COVID um, has had the ability to project information and say to people around the world, you do not have to fear COVID. We have an answer. This guy has been on many stages with me. He still practices right now medicine and is an ER doc. And he sent me a text. It actually was dated December 1st. And I did not see it until like December 18th. I don't know how I didn't see it, but the text read, hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get anti-venom? And I realized when I saw him that he must have saw an interview I did on InfoWars. So Kate Daly done an interview with me and wanted to go over my thoughts of monoclonal antibodies. Well, I had been given some research studies that actually bothered me. I didn't like the idea based on the data in these research studies. I didn't think monoclonal antibodies were safe long term, not short term, but long term. Right. Now, I read the, the actual text message, got in the shower. And while I was in the shower, I was sitting there thinking, why would he send me that text? It has nothing to do with COVID, like zero, nothing to do with COVID. So I'm going through this and I'm thinking about the text and all my brain keeps going to is, why is he mentioning, wouldn't I go get anti-venom? Is there something about anti-venom I don't know? So I actually got out of the shower, went and got on the, the internet and I wanted to know what are what is anti-venom? Only to find out that most anti-venoms are monoclonal antibodies or polyclonal antibodies. and. Then I got it. Then I knew why he sent it to me. He wanted me to immediately see a question that he knew I would say, of course I would. If I got bit by a rattlesnake, of course I'm going to go to the hospital and get antivenom. So in his mind, I think he knew this was a way, or God inspired him to send me this message, that uh, Dr. Artis would be able to relate yes to the answer, then go figure out why it is he would say yes. Okay. This is where it all started. I will repeat what Steve Kirsch said to an audience with me last month. He said, if the CDC says something to do, you do the opposite. If the NIH says to do something, go to the opposite. FDA, do the opposite. I'm sitting there realizing that antivenom is monoclonal antibodies, and then I immediately revert back to, in my own head, uh, I'm not trusting anything the CDC, NIH, or FDA says. Is our federal health agencies, are they recommending monoclonal antibodies for COVID-19? Now, this is in the middle of December. No, they're not. Right. 
They've been bad-mouthing monoclonal antibodies this whole time. Stripped them out of Florida when DeSantis wanted to use them. And then in January 21st of this year, they totally stripped out monoclonal antibodies. They do not want you touching monoclonal antibodies. They also didn't want you from the beginning to touch hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. They also don't want you touching ivermectin. They also don't want you touching NAC and acetylcysteine. So the, the things they tell you to avoid, we know they're telling you to avoid because they work. So when I realized that the federal health agencies actually were not supporting monoclonal antibodies, in an instant, I realized I was wrong. That the CDC, NIH, and the FDA are bad-mouthing monoclonal antibodies for a reason. They know they work. And we believe that this is because they want people intentionally to not recover. Absolutely certain. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. Oh, no, this is a... This actually got way more evil for me since I read that text than even before I read the text. I cannot believe the amount of evil behind this pandemic with what I've realized since then. I realized all of a sudden that monoclonal antibodies are anti-venom. The federal government doesn't want us using anti-venom. Why are they bashing anti-venom and why are we finding anti-venom works against COVID? Is it not a virus? Is it a venom? Like, this is what I want to know. Like, is COVID a venom? And this is why they don't want you using monoclonal antibodies. I mean, that sounds completely insane as a theory. It is completely insane. I mean, how, how would the masses be infected by snake bites? Yeah, let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you believe the mass media is controlled? Of course. You actually do yeah. believe that? Yes. So you believe that whatever's being pumped out in the media is being orchestrated and controlled? Of course. Like across all of it? Across all of it. Okay, good. All right, so in my head, I was like, okay, how do they keep people on that story? So there's this mass media group who are telling a huge story. They're all telling the same story around the world. Whenever anybody says anything against that narrative, what do they use now to combat that in the mainstream media? Disinformation. Yeah, they call them fact checkers. Yeah, fact checkers, yeah. Fact checking is the opposite of fact checking. <laughs> the arbiters of lies are the fact checkers. By definition, fact checkers are to divert you from truth and take you back to a narrative you're being sold worldwide. Right. July 25th, 1993. I do not want Satan to deceive you, for he wants to lead you the wrong way. If it's true, if it's true, that COVID could actually be snake venom, and how I got there was they don't support the use of anti-venom called monoclonal antibodies right. because they work. The easiest way to figure that out is, has that ever been fact-checked? And I wanted to know, was there ever any mention that the source could have been a snake? And? I couldn't believe it. Over and over and over in the media, in January and February of 2020, are nonstop publications that the original source could either be from bats, snakes, or pangolins. And every time the snake is mentioned, fact checkers, one, two, three, four, five, six, constantly fact check it and spin it to the bats. There's no fact checking about bats. They keep letting you look at bats. In the beginning, in January of 2020, the scientists inside of China said this can't be from these bats. 
these bats hibernate and it's the winter. When they did genetic sequences from the antibodies in the people who were sick in Wuhan, they found that their genetic sequence was not most like bats. They were most like two snakes. Proteins from the Chinese crate and the king cobra. Then I find in April of 2020, there's a research study published in France where they're finding that the receptors in the brain called nicotinic acetylcholinesterase receptors, that these are actually bound most tightly to snake venom of crate and cobra is what they're finding. And that the spike protein from SARS-CoV-2 is most identical to Chinese crate and king cobra venom. Then I find out that there's a, there's an actual doctor who works at the University of Pittsburgh Listen, in May. This is, in, this is insane right here. In May of 2020. Yeah. Works in a computational lab dealing with genetic sequencing. And he's been researching for five months, sequencing of spike proteins, yeah. trying to solve the mystery of SARS-CoV-2 victims and he says he's got a big thing to, big press release, they're gonna actually announce all their findings. And Bing Liu is his name. Set back in the quest to understand coronavirus after a researcher is shot and killed. 37-year-old Bing Liu was on the verge of making significant findings on COVID-19. And that's when I freaked out. That's when I freaked out. Also, all of the clippings in the media when they interview his boss, who is still at the University of Pittsburgh, Last name is Bahar. Every time he was interviewed, he said that they were gonna publish the work they found through Bing Liu's work in their department. That's never been published. I'd like to know why a year and a half later, that's yeah, never been published. A year and a half now? Where is it? And then all of a sudden, the realization came that uh, this is the great lie. When I say that they have lied to you about everything in relationship to COVID, they've even lied about the viral part of COVID. February 19th, 1990. Your mother tonight wants to warn you that Satan is active in a special way these days. These days, prayer is the best medicine to defend yourself against evil. Now you have to understand here, my entire stance for the last year and a half has been to educate, warn people about hospital protocols because of a drug called remdesivir. Right. So, in this realization that this could all be related to venom, something bothered me in the January 21st EUA that came out from the FDA about remdesivir. In this 42-page document, it actually says there's only one drug that cannot be co-administered with remdesivir at the same time because it negates the antiviral properties of remdesivir, and that drug is hydroxychloroquine. In 2020, January, there's this incredible study that's published where there's been over like a 10-year period where a company has been funding a research study gene mapping all the genes of the venoms and proteins and peptides inside of King Cobra venom. And in January 2020, they published their findings. Oh, 
asked me if I was shocked when I saw that it was 19 toxic venom proteins that they isolated that specifically target organs in your body. So I go to the funding part of this study and I want to know, well, how many, who funded this and how many companies? It says that uh, the majority of the companies funding and studies funding came from a company called Genentech. Genentech is a subsidiary of a company called Roche. I don't know anything about these companies. I've never even heard of them. The employees of Genentech, who were the authors of this study, said they have a conflict of interest because they actually hold shares and stocks in Roche. And all I did was go like this. This is not a joke. I was like, Genentech? I've never heard of Genentech. Is there a correlation between Genentech and Gilead? This is not a joke. I typed it on the internet. Is there a connection to Genentech and Gilead? Gilead bought two facilities that deal with biological studies from Genentech in 2011 and then brought 55 of their executives into Gilead in 2011, just when that King Cobra study started. March 25th, 1990. I am with you even if you are not conscious of it. I want to protect you from everything that Satan offers you and through which he wants to destroy you. God wants to save you and sends you messages through men, nature, and so many things which can only help you to understand that you must change the direction of your life. Gilead is the manufacturer of remdesivir. Guess what's been known since 2005 blocks the nicotine receptors in the brainstem being injured by cobra venom and viper venom. Guess what drug does that? Chloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine. Remdesivir, packaged and stored as it is delivered to hospitals, comes in a little glass vial. It's called lyophilized powder. It actually has a white to yellowish tint. Guess what color snake venom has when it's stored? Then to be diluted in sodium chloride or distilled water to be administered in an IV. Or if people are buying King Cobra venom lyophilized, they mix it in the same preparation as listed on the fact sheet for remdesivir to actually take cobra venom or any other viper venom and inject it into horses to make monoclonal antibodies. When you read the emergency use authorization for remdesivir, it states, this one from January 21st, that every practitioner who administers this to a COVID patient, pediatric or not, you have to evaluate for what's called prothrombin time. Prothrombin time means if it increases the prothrombin time, it means it's taking your blood's ability to coagulate and making it longer. So it thins your blood. You can't clot. Right. You will internally bleed to death. With remdesivir, it is stated on the emergency use authorization, every patient has to have its prothrombin time checked before you give it remdesivir and during treatment. Do you know what... Uh, do you know what King Cobra Venom does to the blood? It makes it so that it can't clot. It makes it so it can't clot. You know what one of the evidences is? It's prothrombin time. And if you look at the CDC's website and the NIH's website on the adverse events from remdesivir called Veclary, it actually says it increases prothrombin time, which is exactly what King Cobra Venom does to the human body. 
and remdesivir is lyophilized peptides proteins of king cobra venom. The University of Arizona published uh, last summer a paper when they actually evaluated the blood samples and tissues of people who died, hundreds of them, from two different hospitals, after being treated for COVID, which means they got what drug? Remdesivir. Remdesivir. When they evaluated their blood, the title of their published article is... Why do some people seemingly perfectly healthy die from COVID and others don't? It's a question baffling experts during this pandemic. That sure is. And new research from the University of Arizona suggests we're closer to getting an answer. As Team 12's Jess Winters explains, it seems to boil down to an enzyme that's also found in rattlesnake venom. What does this rattlesnake have to do with COVID-19 deaths? We turned much of my research in my lab towards COVID a year and a half ago. Chilton says he got blood samples from more than 100 patients in a New York ICU. They either had no COVID, a mild, moderate, or severe case of the virus. He did some fancy schmancy artificial intelligence in his lab and discovered two distinct patterns in the people who were dying from COVID. These patterns, number one, told us that the, the, the Vital organs were in trouble, but the other looked as if they were being attacked by some enzyme. He says he then found the highest concentration of this enzyme that has ever been found in humans. These levels attacking internal organs means multiple organ failure and death. So where do the rattlesnakes come into play? This enzyme is a humanized version, part of the same family as the active ingredient in snake venom. In simple terms, this enzyme related to rattlesnake venom that's been found in humans is likely causing tremendous damage, leading to COVID-19 deaths. And then they take you through all of the elevated enzymes in the blood samples of these people that are naturally found in rattlesnake venom and viper venom that are in levels they've never seen before. Do you wanna know how they got there? Five to 10 days of remdesivir? They've known since 2005, if you inject a mouse with cobra venom, you inject it, like they're doing with remdesivir, injecting into your veins, it actually causes a cytokine storm in the lungs of all animals. I am convinced that COVID-19 is not a respiratory virus of any kind. It is actually venom poisoning, and they're using, I believe, synthesized peptides and proteins from venoms of snakes and they're administering them and targeting them to certain people. Now, the amazing thing about these 19 toxins found in cobra venom, they're specifically sequenced to target specific organs, like the pancreas in a diabetic, like the heart in a heart disease patient, like the liver in a hepatitis patient. Wait, wait, wait. So if I die because I'm a cancer patient or if I die from some sort of liver-related function because I've had liver problems, if I die, then it'll be undetectable. It'll be untraceable. They're gonna chalk it up. Of course this diabetic died. This is the most original of all bioweapons ever. Snake venom. <laughs> I mean, we know how poisonous snakes are. This is the most obvious bioweapon ever. When I say this is the most evil thing I've ever encountered in my entire life, could you ever have imagined that the one 
greatest symbol of evil in all of Christendom. <laughs> what is the symbol of evil in Christianity? The serpent. The serpent. August 2nd, 1981. A great struggle is about to unfold. A struggle between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. Can you think of anything more evil than envenomating the entire world with snake venom and then injecting snake venom into your veins? and then using mRNA technology that they've been isolating from snake venom for years that they know are unusually stable, more stable than any other mRNA they've isolated from other natural organisms for decades. 2015, they took mRNA from cobra venom, crate venom, and they actually wrapped the mRNA in nanoparticle hydrogel. How often have you heard about that with these new mRNA vaccines? And they made it even more stable. Then they actually added what's called dynabeads to those nanoparticle hydrogels surrounding the mRNA of snake venom. And it made it even more stable. It made it last longer. It made it easier to get inside of your cells. Do you know what dynabeads are? Magnetic metal nanoparticles. October 2nd, 1992. Satan, in this time, wishes to act through small, small things. Dr. Artis now is going into a clip of a TV program. Satan can't keep his own secrets. And oftentimes... You can see things that Satan tells what he's going to do through his tools, his prodigies, and television is one of them. And this clip right here foretells his plans about Corona. He lays out the whole plan in 2013 through the television series that you're about to hear. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks. This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into in executive session. What's going on? Your prayers have been answered, Donald. Ah. Uh. Apparently, I'm dying. Rob, could you get him a chair, please? No, no, no. Fine. I've been poisoned. Poisoned? By whom? Someone within my organization. Someone with access to an offshore account that was used to fund recent attacks against me. Eleven people had access to that account. Last evening, I called those eleven to a dinner to confront them. What happened next? I only remember pieces, the restaurant, what it looked like, not where it was. I remember holding a glass of wine, but 
not bringing it, although I'm sure I must have. I need you to find the pharmacotoxicologist who I believe crafted the deadly cocktail and get the antidote from him. What do you know about him? <coughs> There's a man who told me he's known as... <coughs> the uh, apothecary. A druggist whose potions hijack the immune system, causing any number of allergic reactions. Each one impossible to identify unless you know what you're looking for. An exotic venom might replicate a drug overdose. A personally tailored allergic reaction might trigger cardiovascular collapse. The apothecary can create embolisms, aneurysms, inhibit respiration, induce paralysis. We're looking for corticosteroids. Bronco dilator. Go, go, go. I'm fine. Corticosteroids. Adult life surrounded by it. Corona of death. Some days I even long for it. But lately, I find I'm, I'm unwilling to go gentle into that good night. Bronco dilator. That is the bad news. There's good news. The lab did find one distinct element in the molecular structure of the drops taken from Robert Dolly's apartment. A peptide unique to the venom of Bungaris flaviceps, also known as the red-headed krite. Did you hear what they said? Surrounded by a corona of death? And this was broadcasted nine years ago, 2013. And he ends it, talks about saying one of the snakes, which is red-headed, krite. The krite is one of the two snakes where the venoms has a protein that is found in corona and in the vaccine. If the Holy Spirit can inspire, Satan does the same. You just heard a prophecy from the devil. When I saw this, I knew. I knew I was right. I knew I was supposed to see that because it was confirmation to me that other people knew this was planned all along, right. which we've known this is a plan. October 25th, 2008. Through your prayers, you may stop Satan's plan over this world. The FBI figures out that it's actually peptides found in crate venom that poisoned Reddington. In the show, you learn that he was poisoned by drinking. It was put in his drink. And then I realized something. I realized how they've been spreading this.
I've actually told my wife six months prior to this that it's very odd when you go on the CDC's website that they have this wastewater surveillance tab on the COVID data tracker site. Yeah. And they have 400 water testing sites in 37 cities in this country. What no one knows is the data from the CDC between January of 2020 and September of 2020 in relationship to their water testing of these 37 cities. They only let people know they were doing it in September of 2020 and now are releasing that data. They now just announced two weeks ago, Walensky did of the CDC, that they're now upping their water testing. They say and have been reporting to media outlets that how it works is they are PCR testing our wastewater. And we can tell a city when there's high amounts of SARS-CoV-2 in the water, they can actually tell that same community four or five days later is gonna be an outbreak of COVID-19 in that city. Wait a minute, that's backwards. That is completely backwards. If, if a community has had SARS-CoV-2 go through their body, right. they already had their symptoms. When they eliminated the virus, supposedly the virus, out of their body and it ends up in your wastewater, you no longer have symptoms. Right. How could you know and then be able to confirm in the future, four to five days from now, when we find it in your wastewater supply from your city, when we see it being shed in your water, four to five days later, we can actually tell you there's gonna be an outbreak in your city. It's not because there's an outbreak in that city, just like in the show Blacklist. I had to break this down for every aspect of COVID. One thing that's been very unique to COVID is the sense of loss of taste and smell that lasts for months, yeah. even years. years. Holy cow, I had no idea. They already knew this did this to people when you drink it. For the people who are the natural healers or the individuals who've got bitten, when they actually suck the venom of cobra into their mouth and then spit it out, they have this loss of taste and smell that can last 12 months, a year and a half. It's just from having it exposed in the mouth, which is exactly what's happening when it's being put into our water. Now, the thing about the water is this. They are using the water systems because they can target specific demographics. September 2nd, 1981. The devil tries to reign over the people. He takes everything into his hands. They are absolutely confident that the peptides they have chosen for COVID circulated throughout the earth and throughout the populace specifically targets and the vaccines and the mRNA in the vaccines specifically target organs like your spleen, your pancreas for diabetics, that's a concern, brain tissue, liver tissue, lung tissue, and heart tissue. So if you already have a disease process of inflammation of any of those organs, you are the ones they're targeting. September 5th, 1988. Tonight, your mother warns you that in this time, Satan desires you and is looking for you. So the people that work at my water treatment facility are aware of this? They're in on it? No. Okay. No. The CDC's in on it. And the CDC is working with contracting companies to make sure they do it. There are nicotine receptors in your brainstem that control your diaphragm. Your diaphragm has to contract to be able to allow oxygen at all to get into your lungs. They are using crate venom and cobra venom, calling it COVID-19, 
you're drinking it, it's getting it into your brainstem and it's paralyzing your diaphragm's ability to breathe. I cannot say this enough, in the very beginning of COVID, it was being reported around the world that the least demographic represented in hospitals being hospitalized for COVID-19 were smokers. Around the world, it was less than 5% of everybody in hospitals were actually smokers. And they found that odd only because this was a respiratory virus. Doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't it be that the sure. people who are shoving tobacco yeah. and nicotine in their lungs would be more apt to be traumatized by a novel respiratory virus? But that's not what they saw. What was amazing is when this started getting reported in the first six months of COVID in 2020 around the world, guess what our federal government did? Anthony Fauci, the NIH, CDC, and, and the FDA all came out and started pumping in the media that there's no better time than right now to quit smoking. And they actually lied to you and they lied to the entire world and said smokers are being hospitalized at rates higher than any other demographic. Well, the truth is these nicotine receptors that are affected by cobra venom and crate venom that control your ability to breathe and was causing your oxygen levels to fall that on a pulse oximeter looks like you have pneumonia. No, you weren't. You were being paralyzed, actually. You couldn't breathe. And your heart rhythm was actually being dropped by the same receptors. Do you know that smokers, nicotine ties to those, and then cobra venom and crate venom can't bind to those receptors, so it can't paralyze your diaphragm? So they knew and were theorizing in France in April of 2020 when they figured out that it was the nicotine receptors that control the diaphragm's ability to breathe was what the spike protein was targeting because it most looked like the neurotoxin, neuro being brain, neurotoxin of crate and cobra venom. They started theorizing that studies need to be done that we start giving people nicotine to protect them from getting COVID. It absolutely is known that nicotine is protective against COVID-19 because it stops these venoms from damaging and connecting to these nicotine receptors in your brain that control your diaphragm's ability to breathe. But once you go into a hospital because you can't breathe, if you're not a smoker and you don't do the nicotine, they put you on remdesivir. Remdesivir is venom from a cobra. It's attacking itself, attaching itself to the nicotine receptors in your brain. You then can't breathe. And then at the same time, it destroys the inside of your, of your lungs through what's called a cytokine storm. That is what Cobra Venom does. We've got to get this guy on a ventilator or this gal. And then they say they got to put you on a ventilator. Why are they putting you on ventilators? They're putting you on ventilators because uh, they're going to put you on sedation drugs to put you on the vent. And they can actually murder you by euthanizing you with drugs that act similarly to the venom. They have to sedate you because when they go to shove a tube down your trachea to get into your lungs. You'll pull it out. You'll pull it out or you'll fight them as they're trying yeah. to shove it in there. So they have to sedate you. So they use morphine, fentanyl, Presidex, lorazepam, or midazolam. Those five drugs act on the same centers of your brain that control the diaphragm's breathing and your heart's ability to breathe. These drugs are euthanizing drugs and they actually will put you on these protocols at the same time they have you on remdesivir the entire attempt is to slow down your breathing and your diaphragm and you will die they've got the cocktail down pat the average person dies on day nine of covid19 hospitalized treatment they only authorize per the nih two 
five-day treatments of remdesivir. March 25th, 2020. Satan is reigning and wants to destroy your lives. It's amazing that the ninth day is the day that most people die. In February of 2020, the Wall Street Journal was allowed to produce an article, and they particularly speak to the word virus in coronavirus sure. pandemic. And in this article, it actually states that the Latin definition historically for virus, originally and historically, virus meant and means venom. So I started to wonder, well, what about the name Corona? Does right. it have a Latin definition or a definition at all? So I actually looked up what's the definition. And on dictionary.com, it brings up 13 definitions. Corona, religiously, ecclesiastically, means gold ribbon at the base of a miter. And I didn't know what a miter was. So I copied it and pasted it and then hit images. So this actually could read crown. Corona means crown also in Latin terms. Corona means crown. Visually, we see kings represented with a crown symbol. Right. So put that together for me. King. Cobra. Venom. It actually could read King Cobra Venom pandemic. I've said this for about a year now that I actually believe this is more of a religious war on the entire world. Uh, I've been adamant about that actually. The message of Christ forever was, he's the master healer. And faith precedes all miracles, not vaccines. He made a blind man see. Right. He touched the leper. So why are we actually trust putting more faith in drugs and why is a man of the cloth supposedly putting more faith in science and a drug than he is in telling people to pray to God? September 9th, 1988. Prayer is medicine that heals. God's greatest creation was you. And you are made up of a DNA strand of genetics that are unique to you. If I was going to do something incredibly evil, how ironic would it be whoever would use the one symbol of an animal that represents evil in all religion, which is either the snake or the dragon, which is actually just a snake with legs. You take that snake or that serpent and you figure out how to isolate genes from that serpent and get those genes of that serpent to insert itself into your God-given created DNA. I think this is the plan all along, was to get the serpents, the evil ones, DNA into your God-created DNA. And they figured out how to do it with this mRNA technology. They're using mRNA, which is mRNA extracted from, I believe, the King Cobra Venom. The King Cobra Venom. And I think they want to get that venom inside of you and make you a hybrid of Satan no longer just belonging to God or a creation of God's. September 25th, 1992. Satan wishes to destroy everything which is holy in you and around you. 
When I say that the mRNA inside of the Pfizer Moderna shots is actually derived from snake venom, yeah, it just sounds crazy, right? It's yes. But I want you to read. Do you know? I want you to read from July 6th last year, 2021. The co-founder of Moderna. Read the title. Show it to the camera. Moderna co-founder using mRNA technology to treat venomous snake bites. It goes on to say that he's going to help create and co-found a company called Ophirix. Look it up. It's phenomenal. Ophirix. Ophirix is a brand new company based in San Francisco that actually is going to solely work on creating anti-venom drugs for snake bites. Guess who funds this thing? The whole company. Uh, the Department of Defense. The Department of Defense, the Welcome Trust Fund, and the United Nations. Incredible. Okay. All right. So this is great. I just no, want no, just let's let's wrap our heads around that for a second. How many snake bite victims are there? It's like a hundred thousand people. A uh, hundred thousand people will die from snake bites. But this is enough for the CEO of Moderna to make that this is a huge issue. But not only that, but the importance for the Department of Defense and for the United Nations to get on board and to fund such a venture. Dr. Hoff out of Canada. Uh, after evaluating his vaccinated patients, was able to determine those who had received the mRNA vaccines. They all had elevated D-dimers, and he checked that because they all complained of extreme fatigue, like long haulers, COVID symptoms. And he was enlightened to, to do this D-dimer test and then found every single one of them had elevated D-dimers. Now, I want you to read on Medscape. I just printed this out <laughs> from Medscape.com. What is it that medical doctors are trained to look for when they see elevated D-dimers. So read the title, and I want you to read the fifth bullet point. How are elevated D-dimer levels interpreted? Snake venom poisoning. So even medical doctors are trained to look for elevated D-dimers and to know that this is a possible snake venom poisoning. poisoning. And notice they didn't use the word snake, snake. bite victim. Right snake venom poisoning and i was like oh my god it's in the mrna shots for sure this is why you're seeing this they even talk about it on here that d-dimer is a reflection of fibrinogen uh, and its ability to control coagulation and that it's usually at normal low levels inside of people who are fine but then they these d-dimers get extremely elevated after snake venom poisoning venom poisoning November 25th, 2015. Satan is attacking in every way. The kidney failure caused by remdesivir is the number one organ targeted by King Cobra Venom. It's the number one. There isn't anything in relationship to symptomatology of COVID-19, injuries post-COVID-19 vaccines, treatment with remdesivir that cannot be correlated back in research studies to venom from cobras, crates, and other vipers. So when somebody gets bit by a snake, uh, particularly a king cobra or a crate, what is the long-term prognosis for these people? So these people that have been injected in oh, this yeah. jab remorse, I mean, there's been a lot of people like Zeb Zelenko, who I respect tremendously, has come out and said, you have a ticking time bomb inside of you. Uh, is that true? Yeah, your body has now been put, had gene sequences put into you or peptides put into you of venom. Yeah. And that actually continues, particularly 
one bite after another, those disease processes become even more exaggerated. This is why they want to continue doing the booster shot program. My wife and I are driving back towards our home and it's late afternoon. We dropped her car off at a, at a mechanic shop and she, she said, you need to get something to eat because I'll get hangry, a little snippy. When I get hungry, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. And she goes, uh, where would you like to eat? And I said, let's just go to this Chinese restaurant right here. And she looked at me and she goes, really? We haven't had Chinese food in years. I mean, it's yeah. been at least five years. So we go into this payway, order the food. I go to the bathroom. By the time I come out to the bathroom and sit down, my wife's already got the foods, sat in front of her, the plates, and then there's two fortune cookies that Jane has selected out of a barrel. But my wife is a desserts first kind of girl. So when I sat down at the table, the fortune cookie's already open and she's already eating it. And the fortune cookie's sitting there above her. The fortune is sitting above her plate. Mm -hmm. So I sit down, I look at her and I said, uh, well, I guess I'll eat my dessert first too, since you did yours. I guess I'll open up my fortune cookie. So I opened the fortune cookie and I cracked it open and it's opposite the plate, across the plate. And when I cracked it open, the back of the paper of the fortune was facing me. And I quickly saw it as I separated the two ends and I just spun it around real quick to face me. And I picked it up and read it to my wife and it reads something like this. All of the world's greatest riches begin with one penny. <laughs> I said, How oh, profound. I looked at Jane, I was like, of course it does. Like, who doesn't know that, right? And I sat it down and she's looking at me as she's eating. <laughs> she's like, are you gonna eat? And I was just staring at the, the actual paper, fortune. And I said, uh, yeah, I'll eat in a minute. And she goes, what's wrong? And I said, it's what's on the back of that fortune cookie that's freaking me out. And usually you'll see like lottery numbers or something random on the back of those cookies. But what I noticed was the name on the back of that fortune. In parentheses on the back of that fortune, as soon as I opened it, are two names. I knew that God was telling me you can't give up and you have to tell the world. The reason that was cut, because he didn't want to say it because he wanted you to see it. And on the documentary, he has a picture of the fortune taken out of the cookie. What he saw was the name of Bing Lu, the Chinese professor who was murdered, who was about to release everything you just heard. Obviously, he was stunned. And that's why he says God wanted him to go public. The following day that was broadcasted was another doctor that had more evidence supporting what you just heard. We're going to play seven minutes of this clip because it's important for you to understand what's going on. We saw this from the beginning. And we're going with our lady. We're going to have to work with our lady to end it. For some people, Dr. Artis's theory about snake venom is the skeleton key of COVID. It's the piece of information that causes everything to come together, and finally, it makes sense. Others are more skeptical. Some have more questions. But it's obviously a very sobering theory. We now know that the U.S. government is evil and that other governments around the world are the same way. But would they really poison their own citizens like Dr. Artis suggests? Well, Dr. Ariana Love says that she has proof for Dr. Artis's theory. 
She says that it's in the patents. PLA2 is an enzyme that occurs in snake venom, and artist has found FDA documents approving it to be put in our food. She's also found snake venom listed as an ingredient in five separate COVID-19-related patents, but that's not the end of it. Now, snake venom is being touted as a treatment for HIV as well. Dr. Love joins us now with more on this. So obviously, you believe Dr. Artis's theory to be factually true. Yeah, absolutely. It's irrefutable proof that we have patents, receipts, everything. Yeah, snake venom, that's what they're using. COVID-19 was never a virus at all. It has always been snake venom. COVID is the venom. Remdesivir is the venom. The injections are more venom. This is just the constant repeated envenomation of the global population. Poison. We're being poisoned worldwide. Okay, so if that's the case, I have a specific question. Why are kids largely not impacted by this envenomation? Well, children have higher levels of glutathione in their body. You know, they're probably using different degrees of poison and releasing more and more and more. And now with the children being injected, of course, they're going to be getting sick. They already are. You know, they're, in fact, dropping dead worldwide. So some children get mildly symptomatic. We've seen that. But largely the virus itself or what we now know to be venom in the water is not really largely impacting them. And you're saying that's because of this increased level of glutathione that children have. Right. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, when, you're, when your body starts to age at age 26, you stop being able to absorb the glutathione into your cells. But they're doing different levels of poison. They're incrementally hitting us with it. So, you know, each wave is going to be harder, so to speak. And it's not just in the water. I also found snake venom in the patents, in the COVID-19 vaccine patents. It's listed as venom, and it's also listed as proteolytic enzymes. So there's 10 patents, Johnson & Johnson, U.S. military, BioNTech, AstraZeneca, Rockefeller, Chinese military, Oxford University. There's a bunch of them. And it is being touted as an HIV drug, and this just came out in January of 2020. So there's six snake venom patents against HIV. So they're also trying to sell it to us under the guise of it being antiviral and, quote, for the prevention and treatment of HIV infection. It's small doses. It can be therapeutic. But when you use too much, it's poison. And as Dr. Brian Artis said, he talked about the quantity of venom found is off the charts after people used remdesivir. But I want people to know that the AI is writing these codes. They have written, the AI has been programmed. They've came up with 40,000 bioweapons. So that's why these poisons are very advanced. It's not just venom in the patents. You could spend a month reading one patent with all the different poisons that are in it. What the snake venom does, and this is very important for medical community to know, is that it's a postsynaptic neurotoxin. And that means it blocks the ACE2 receptors. And the ACE2 molecule acts as a gateway. It prevents toxins from entering your cells. The heart and the lung cells are covered with these surface proteins. That's why those areas are also being affected. So the ACE2 protein acts as an anti-inflammatory. It keeps the immune cells from inflicting damage on itself. And the ACE2 receptor helps muscles contract and acts as a messenger between nerves, muscles, and cells. It's crucial in the cell signaling process. Now the snake's venom latches to the ACE2 receptor and knocks it out of commission. You're poisoned. 
So this destroys the body's cell signaling function, enables the mRNA nanotech to get into the cell, reach the nucleus, delete genes, and code the genome, cloning. So snake venom causes paralysis, the loss of muscle function, and respiratory failure. It also causes inflammation, cytokine storms, and induces autoimmune illness. So studies say that snake venom triggers irreversible intercellular alterations and cell death and ongoing organ failure. These are all the things that we're seeing. Also, it causes prolonged stomach pain. I get this a lot from my clients, they tell me, because snake venom affects your digestion. So it is in the food, the Food and, and, and Agriculture Organization of the U.S. approved the use of snake venom in food last year. And they're combining snake venom and streptomyces bacteria. Can I ask you a practical yeah, question? Sure. If we're talking about putting snake venom in the water, and we're talking about putting it in these billions of injections, and we're talking about putting it in billions of doses of this toxic and fatal lethal murder weapon called remdesivir, where are all of these snakes? Or is this just being replicated synthetically to emulate snake venom? both it's being replicated synthetically they're doing all of this from first the ai is programming and then they they can print it out on a computer and i don't understand the intricacies but that's that's what i've read but they do have these organoids they're called and they're growing these organoids in the lab to mass produce snake venom um, they are snake glands that produce the venom artificially without the snake and there's something called crotoxin and that's 60 percent of snake venom consists of this neurotoxic substance. And it's the first substance that was crystallized. So it's called protein crystallization. So snake venom is transported in a crystallized form, which may explain why Dr. Pablo Campra and others have seen crystals under the microscope. Um, once it's crystallized, it can be used in structural biology. And in this case, it's synthetic biology. And you can even buy protoxin online. Okay, so if you take nothing else away from this program, I think that we've made something perfectly evident and clear. We are at war, and you know that. They're coming for your freedoms and your individual liberties. You think that they won't come for your money? They're locking 50 million people down in China right now in the name of a virus that never even existed. And we are a debtor nation to China. This is exactly the kind of living hell on earth that they're trying to bring here. And if they're willing to steal your freedoms and individual liberties, don't you dare think for one second that they won't steal your money. And then they'll use tax hikes and hyperinflation as their way to justify doing it. So if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA or in your 401k or in your savings account right now, this is your money that you've worked hard for and it's at risk, imminent risk. They're going to come and take it. So you have to protect it. You can do that with physical gold and silver. That was the end of the broadcast. But it's interesting what he just said. In 2010, I wrote the book, Ain't Gonna Happen. And it's all about getting out of debt and buying silver. At that point when I wrote the book, the miraculous metal, Medjugorje Round, was not designed. The demand after the book calling for that is what inspired me to design it. From the time we minted the first round, the Medjugorje one ounce piece, we just minted breaking over 5 million ounces. How much is that? That's 156 tons. That's 312,500 pounds. That's a lot of silver. And it's the number one specialty one-ounce round medallion in the world. And I'm not saying this as a commercial. I'm saying this because if you got your 401ks, you got all these things, 
It's not yours. It's in the stock markets. It's in the investments. And that's going away because it's not glorifying God. It's going to pass. And you got nothing but a memory. In 2010, the purpose of me writing that book ain't going to happen. That title was stating that our economy is not going to stay. It's not going to keep growing. Ain't going to happen. And now we see the reality of it. It is foolish to keep your retirement out there in a system is not glorifying God. If you follow Our Lady, you have to believe what she says. Everything is passing. Everything is falling apart. Only the glory of God is going to remain. A lot of people wonder why Caritas is so successful. It's not because of us. It's because what we do, we're doing it for the glory of God. And that's the message. And that's why it will remain. It wasn't my plan to say this about the broadcast, what you just heard, but the way he ended it, that he's saying now that he sees it, that they're going to take everything from you. I knew that before 2010, before I wrote the book. And I base everything on Our Lady. That's why we created Century Silver to dispense these one-ounce rounds. All this comes back to the Bible, the Antichrist. You can't buy nor sell. Even talk show host people are talking about these things, but they don't grasp the answer. You can say the answer is gold and silver. That's not the answer. The answer is sanctify your money. Change it to something. That's why I got the miraculous medal placed on the one-ounce round. Because Our Lady said in 1989 to Maria to pray for those who are carrying the miraculous medal for their conversion. It doesn't take a lot of smarts to take what the devil has and give it to Our Lady. Your earnings can bring people to conversion and at the same time serve good for you. The answer is Our Lady. I've talked about Our Lady on the mountain in the prayer groups that she prays for all the sick because many people who has been vaccinated is going to be very sick at heart of what they accepted. Maybe Our Lady's going to do something to reverse all this. Who people didn't know better. They're poisoning the water. And at the same time, in the beginning of the apparitions, Our Lady said, use holy water. Satan taints what God has created, which is for life, which he wants us to use it for his use for death. Our Lady said October 2nd, 2014, My children, do you not recognize the signs of the times? Do you not recognize that all of this that is around you, all that is happening, is because there is no love? Comprehend that salvation is in true values. Accept the might of the Heavenly Father. Love Him and honor Him. You, my children, my dear apostles, You are always gathering around me because you are thirsty. You thirst for peace, love, and happiness. Drink out of my hands. My hands are offering to you my son who is a spring of clear water. He will bring your faith back to life and purify your hearts. I ask all those who accept me to help me 
for all my children to accept me as a mother, so that I might lead them to the spring of the clear water. How do we make all this disappear? How is it going to happen? All this can make people be on the verge of breaking, because it sounds so hellish. It is. Only love can set us free. I've been on the verge of breaking Couldn't find my way out of here I saw you standing there waving Making all this hell disappear You are my holy water You are my river Wash me away and take me high Cause something about your love just sets me free Something about your love just sets me free I have my time being reckless Holding back my heart for too long All those empty nights made me helpless I was fading like the end of a song You are my holy water You are my river Watch me away take me high Cause something about your love just sets me free Something about your love just sets me free After listening to all this, one conclusion is clear. We need a lot of miracles, a whole lot of miracles from Our Lady. We pray for you. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Good night. <laughs>